everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Regrets Marriage. And we are excited that you've taken time out of your busy week. It's a holiday season. And we know the holidays get crazy. And we're excited that you're taking time to be with us. And even if it's not the holiday season, when you're listening to this, man, I hope the truths and principles we talk about, hey, they're valid anytime. It doesn't happen just to be the holidays. I'm Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla. And my beautiful wife is sitting right across from me. And um, did they need to know where I was sitting? Yes, I oh, think it was oh, important. Is that to important? Know that. Okay, gotcha. it's important to know that. So okay. position is important. As I said, we are uh, recording this during the holidays. It's December now, and one of the things we've been doing as a family, and we sort of started this a couple of years ago is we do sort of a, um, what do you call it? Sort of an Advent or seasonal devotional. Yes. Um, I think we talked about, actually talked about that on one of our last podcasts. And the one we're doing this year is really focusing on Advent just a little different way. It's not just so much about, you know, all the facts about the birth of Jesus and the shepherds and the wise men and, and all of those things it really looks a little bit more on what does Jesus coming this first advent, what does it mean to us as people? And so what we want to do today is we want to talk a little bit about that, really two particular things. We want to talk about hope and peace that are things that we have because Jesus came. But then we want to talk about it. What does that mean for marriage? How do we apply those principles of hope and peace to marriage and then going back to something we've talked about a long time ago, marriage is to reflect the truth about our relationship with God. And so how can our marriages focus on hope and peace and show the world what that relationship with God can look like? No comments there, baby? <laughs> you're I, on a great roll. I know, I'm on a roll and you're, you're just sitting there staring at I me. I am with listening with Bated breath. Bated breath. I'm yes. not even sure what bated breath means. I know. I don't but... even know what that means okay. either. So now if that anyone I knows what that loud, means, but yeah, uh, let us know. Email in and tell us. Um, let's start with the idea of hope. That how would you define hope? How do you think most people define hope? And how do they use it a lot? Oh gosh, I think it's something we want to happen that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, I mean, I can think back when I was little. You, and I used to hope a lot. I mean, I hope I get a bike for Christmas. I hope I get this gift for Christmas. I hope, and it is, it's like something we really wish for. We really wish for that would come about. And it's usually something that's in the future. So we're just, again, like your birthday, your marriage, your wedding, your, you know, whatever. It's something that's ahead of you, but you're really kind of hoping it's going to happen. Yeah, and you hope it's, I think most of us, we hope it's going to be good. Well, yeah, I think most of the things we're hoping for are good things. And here's the thing, though. Is that exactly what the Bible means when it talks about hope? I'm going to go with no. No, and you are correct. Give you a gold star. Um, when we talk about hope, when we talk about Scripture, it's not this thing that we wish for. It is something that is guaranteed because not of circumstances, not because of things going on in life, but because of who God is and his unchangeable nature and promises. 
And man, that is so different than the things that we think about in the sense of happening in this life. And I think sometime the idea of something we're hoping for is going to happen. Or hopeful. Or hopeful um, can really throw us off sometime because it's not on our timetable or it doesn't happen the way we think it's going to happen. Yeah, I think a lot of the ways that we we use the word hope and have thrown it around is this idea of almost more, it's more like optimism. It's the idea that, Hey, things are looking good. It looks like I'm like going back to my Christmas, which it looks like I may be able to get that for Christmas, or it looks like I may pull an A on the exam, yeah. or it looks like, Hey, all the circumstances, things are looking up, things are looking good. As I look at all these circumstances around me and I'm optimistic and I'm hopeful, but hope and optimism are not the same thing. And I am really encouraged by that because I'm not an overly optimistic person. Now, you're a pessimist. No, you know, no, I'm you, a, yeah, a realist. realist. It's a realist. But the reality is hope is really based on circumstances. Like no, you said. it's not based on circumstances. I meant, you're right. I you said just that said backwards. That I, I said that backwards. I hate to have to correct know, my wife I know. on I air. I said that backwards. You did say- It's, we... We think it is, and like you said, so many times we get excited, if you would, or hopeful based on what it looks like is happening. I mean, it looks promising in our relationship. It looks promising at work. It looks promising with our child or a baby or a pregnancy or just whatever you can think of that's something that you really want. Yeah, and so that's what we call optimism because if things aren't like we want to, and if circumstances aren't working in our favor, then you're a pessimist or you're looking at things and things don't look good. True. Yes, true. And And you call that a realist. I call it a realist, but it is somebody who kind of sees a glass half empty, basically. Yeah. And that's always based on circumstances. Yes. And the beauty of hope, and especially the hope that scripture talks about It's not based on that. It's not based on how things are. And so when we think about marriage, so often we're either optimistic about our marriage, hey, things are going great, things are good, or we're pessimistic, things aren't going good. We're Mm -hmm. on rocky ground, we're crashing, we're whatever. And the beauty of biblical truth and the beauty of God's principle of hope is circumstances don't matter. That we can have hope when it's the darkest times in our life, we have hope when it's the best times of our life because that hope is not on a circumstance based on that. It's based on a person and that person being God. Yeah, and I think for believers listening, obviously this is huge because you may be in a place in your marriage that doesn't seem hopeful, quote, quote, based on the circumstances that you're looking at. Yeah, we've been there. And and you're looking around and you're thinking the stress of the job, the kids, our communication is not good, our personalities clash, we can't figure out how to work together, it's one fight, conflict after another, and you're just seeing all that. And sometimes if you only are looking at that, whether it be bad or good, you're, we're putting our hope in the wrong place. Yeah, I, I like to look at it. For some reason, I, when you're talking, I think about it. I think about Peter and his walking on the water thing. 
that here's Peter and the other disciples. They're out in the boat. Jesus sitting with them. All of a sudden, it's a stormy situation. I mean, the waves are rocking, and all of a sudden, they see Jesus walking on the water. And Peter is looking, and we know Peter was... He was pretty bold. He, he was probably out there as much as any of the disciples. And when Jesus told him to come. He jumped. He jumped. And his eyes, as long as they focused on Jesus, man, that hope kept him up. Because he wasn't looking around what was going on around him. He wasn't looking at circumstances. He was looking at Jesus. And he was banking that because Jesus said, come. And I'm, and that he, he was, was going to be able yeah. to come. And he was going to walk. And he was doing it. Until he took his eyes off of there. Yeah. And he looked at that and he's looking at those circumstances and he's thinking, I shouldn't even be out here. This I'm is crazy. And immediately he starts to sink. And oftentimes that's what happens to us. When we base our relationships just on the circumstances and don't focus on Jesus, author of Hebrews, hey, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Well, and I think it's so, so important. I mean, this, this message is important, this truth all the time, but definitely when you're in a hard place and your mind may be going, this won't ever be different. Yeah. This we tend can't to go, ever a lot of us, different. we tend to go to the worst case yeah. scenario. We'll never be different. It'll never be good. We'll never feel loving again toward one another. There, it can't happen. And that is, that is not truth. You know, it's, you know, we talk about those feelings in marriage, but so often those feelings within marriage are a reflection of our relationship with God. We've talked about that before. If we don't have a healthy relationship with God, you can't have a healthy relationship with your spouse. At least it's not going to be everything that it should be. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, we've said a lot of times, and if you're listening and you're not a believer, again, God's truth is truth. All truth is his. And his principles so, work. So his principles on how we talk to one another, how we treat one another, how we think of one another. I mean, those kind of principles are embedded all throughout scripture. And you can have a good relationship with somebody if you follow some of those. But the deep riches that come again are many times a reflection of kind of where we are in our relationship with God. And we say to couples sometimes, you know, for example, if you don't think God loves you, if you don't feel safe and secure in that, and you don't see yourself and reckon yourself the way God does, that's really hard to learn to love somebody else the way he calls us to yeah. love. So there's so many pieces that, yeah, that flow out of that. You know, as we, so though this idea of hope, we said it, the key is that our hope is grounded in Jesus. I think of the song on Christ, the solid rock. Hey, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus blood and righteousness. That is everything. And, and Jesus said, Hey, I come in the volume of the word. And so scripture itself is a revelation of who God is. And as we know that truth and we believe that truth and we hope in that truth that is unchangeable in the way that God is, that's what can buoy us in our personal relationship with God and in our marriages. That we're not focused on looking at those circumstances. We're looking at the truth of what God's word says about loving them, about um, acting in a certain way. I know you've talked about it. You may not feel that way, but you act that way because that's what scripture teaches us to do. 
all of those things are what hope is wrapped up in. Was that just a loud sound there a minute ago? It's kind of almost sounded like a drum played in the background, but that was really pretty good. It was kind of like, da-da. Okay, there's a drum roll. Yeah, there's a drum roll. Maybe moving into the next part, talking about peace. All right. The other thing, and I think it's one of the... When I say peace, what do you think of right off the bat? First thing comes to mind, peace. Oh, gosh. All right, calmness, serenity of my soul. Just, oh, that's, yeah, Johnny made a big Serenity eyes, like, of my soul. Ooh, that, was a, that was a big word, wasn't it? Okay, so just this overwhelming, calm, soothing, um, no anxiety. Uh, that That's kind of what I yeah, think it's, about. Yeah, it's sort of the idea everything's peaceful, quiet stream, you're sitting there, music, whatever. You're not anxious, you're not stressed, you're not worried, you're not okay, fearful. Okay, that's probably you as a female. As oh, a I'm male, sorry. I think absence <laughs> of, that's not what I think of. Okay, I think sorry. of like absence of conflict. There's not war. Oh. I mean, you know, thinking of marriage relationship, hey, we're not fighting. We're not arguing. We're not. And so there's peace. Hey, y'all, right there, that gives you a total example of the difference in perspectives. I just described to you. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just described to you something that sounded like I was laying by some ocean with this gorgeous view and I have not a care in the world. Johnny's just said he wasn't at war. So, I mean, that's... Well, that's, yeah, we're at peace. Well, I know, we're not fighting. I know, but that's, that's We're not fighting again. as a nation. We're not fighting as a couple. That's and, and that is. And that's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. For for you or for men? or I think or, for a lot of people okay. it does. Okay. I think it's usually no one more. of those two extremes. Okay. Hey, no conflict or Just soothing really and calm okay. and all of that. And so a lot of times when we read that word peace in Scripture, that's often what we think of. Hey, blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. Okay, they make things calm. They make sure everybody's getting along with all those kind of things. And yet the word that is translated as peace, especially in the Old Testament, you know, it says in Isaiah, we taken from, um, there you go, sound effects again, taken from, if you ever heard the Messiah, I don't know, somewhere I was the other day and I was listening to that. And it talks about the titles of Christ that Isaiah gives him. And one of those is the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. But really what it says is he is the Prince of Shalom. Now, Shalom, if you've ever been out Middle East, it's almost like in the Middle East, Shalom, Salam is sort of like being in Hawaii and Aloha. It can be hello, hello it can goodbye. be goodbye, it's a greeting or something else. But when you get into the Hebrew word Shalom, and what it means, it is so much deeper than this idea of things are calm or there's no conflict or anything else. It is when everything is the way God designed it to be in all of our relationships. And almost all the time, it's in terms of relationships. I guess the best way to describe it is when God created this world and he created Adam and Eve and they're in the garden and where God talked about everything that was good, there was perfect relationship, perfect relationship between Adam and Eve, perfect relationship between God and Adam and Eve, perfect relationship between Adam and Eve and all of creation, all the animals. You know, they weren't eating each other. They weren't doing those kind of things. They weren't chasing you through the jungle or whatever it might have been. It was a garden, I think. Garden. Shalom existed. Everything, and I love this word associated with, everything was flourishing. Yeah. Everything they needed to do and be what God created them to be, they had it. 
And you look in scripture and the first two chapters of Genesis are that creation of Shalom. And then you get to chapter three. And three through probably, I guess, I don't know, I'd say three through nine, I think, until we get, you come to Abraham, you see that destruction of Shalom. Everything, everything is broken. Yeah, immediately, we've talked about this before at the fall, their relationship with God, they tried to hide from God. Immediately, they were filled with shame. Yeah. They tried to hide from each other. They start blaming, blaming each other. each other. The blame game started yeah. in the garden. Eve, it was the snake. Adam, God, it's your fault. You, it's her fault. Yeah, not you my gave fault. her to me. Yeah. And everything that God had created for that man and woman to flourish in their relationship with each other and God and everything else was just ruined. And you see that continue to the point where it said God was so grieved by man's sinfulness that he said he regretted creating him. Yeah. I mean, that is heavy. And then the and flood. And that's because man destroyed Shalom. And then the flood, and he cleansed it. Yeah. And he starts over with Noah because God chose to show favor on Noah, not because Noah was perfect. That's what? a drum rant. That's a drum yeah, sound. Yeah, this is again. interesting there. Yeah, it's a background. And then with Abraham you see the beginning of God's plan to restore shalom that ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That Jesus came to make all things new. Jesus came to reconcile us, our relationship with God vertically, but also our relationship with each other. And even creation. If you remember, Paul says, even creation is under the burden of sin. You're and you waiting, just look at what yeah. we've done to this world and you can see that. Yeah that all of it is awaiting its redemption. And shalom is all about God restoring, reconciling us to himself, restoring those horizontal relationships, and even our relationship with creation. And I really believe that that's what sort of Jesus describes, even when he's talking in the Sermon on the Mountain, the Beatitudes. All of those have to go with man building the kingdom of God. So how do we take that principle of shalom, of restoration, of reconciliation, and apply it to the marriage relationship? Well, I think one of the things is we know, we've talked about before, that we are going to have, you don't want to say constant, but we are going to have so many places in our marriage where we have to be reconciled to each other. And we and that's part of the aunt. You're looking at me funny. No, um, I just realized why we were getting that sound before. We'll oh, okay. do it again later. I'll, okay. I'll play with it with them. Um, but the idea that we are constantly having to reconcile when we hurt one another, we sin against one another, we're selfish, we want our own way, we don't see the other person's heart, desire, we only are focused on ourselves. And man, our marriages are literally a story of reconciliation and of growing and developing in that and beginning to see the best in one another. And, and so, yeah, it's a constant picture of what God is wanting to do in a marriage and where we can be at peace with one another. Yeah, and, and what's really cool about it, and it even goes back again to that idea of our relationship with God, 
that as we build that vertical relationship, and that's why Jesus died, to reconcile us back into a relationship with God, to restore that relationship, to bring us from death to life, that he also wants to do that with marriage. Yeah. A restoration of what he meant that marriage relationship to be in the very beginning, yeah. where no longer will we be separated and hiding from each other. And blaming shameful. one another. Yeah, blaming each other and shameful and not being vulnerable and open with each other. And as we really pursue Christ, he gives us the ability to restore marriage to what it should have been in the first place. Which is really an, an a cool thing to just think about. And it's such an incredible gift because God knew that we were wired for relationship with others. And so it's such a, it is such an incredible thing when we can have that in our marriage. And, and here's what I love just about this, as we think about this Advent, this Christmas season, man, we can find hope in our relationships, hope in our marriages, that they can be everything God designed them to be from the beginning. Not because we're such wonderful, perfect people, but because Jesus is. And because we can lean on him and we can rest in his truth, knowing that no matter what the circumstances are, man, if we cling to him and we cling to the truth of his word, man, he can make our marriage relationships as close to that way that he designed them to be in a sinful fallen world yeah. as they can possibly be. Which is a, a beautiful hope um, that even if you're not there, that God continues to move and work. And we trust him as we're, in essence, sort of waiting to see what he's going to do. So as we, uh, as we sign off for this episode, man, I just pray that wherever you are in your personal life right now, wherever you are in your marriage relationship, Man, you will take time this season to really focus on the hope and peace that we can find personally and that we can find together as a couple in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that is our Christmas prayer for you. May you know the peace and the hope that's only found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Keep on forging. And here we go. All right, a little bonus time here is we were just playing with our software and I know there's some disturbing sounds. So if you're staying extra for this, I know most of you probably caught off. I just realized we have all sorts of sound effects. We have a harp. That's what it sounds like when I walk into a room. That's what Carla hears. Oh, right. Really? We have... What is that? A bird? Crickets. Ooh. Cri this is named that sound. Uh, crickets are kind of like when you tell somebody and you're like, you told them something, you emailed them and they're just crickets. Uh, Oh, what is that? It's supposed to be scary. Uh, and why are we doing this? 
because I want people to know if they stayed all this time, and I don't know why they would, but if they did, they can hear what was happening during the broadcast. Oh, what was happening? <laughs> That's a good didn't one. Happen. I don't think that happened. How about this? We have a laugh track. We can do this for our jokes. Oh, let's do that like from that. now on. How about this? Oh, that's really good. Let's put that in the background. We're going to add that. And then this is what they're hearing during the thing. And I apologize. Oh, yeah. I told you it was like There a, you go. It's like the yeah. drum thing. The drum da, da. roll. There you go. All right. So hopefully if you've stayed for this, I don't know why you would have passed the music. But if you did, hopefully we make you smile. And uh, we'll check you later. <laughs>